0: Last week, health experts warned that the UK is facing a major health epidemic. The issue uh, keeping uh, these health experts awake at night is not the coronavirus, it is the increase in mental health suffering in the country. Uh, Mental health charities are reporting a sharp increase in calls to them expressing deep emotional suffering. And these calls that are being made range from anxiety and panic attacks to increased suicidal thoughts. Now, before the lockdown, one in four people in the UK uh, experienced a mental health problem. Now, with the lockdown, more and more people are in agony uh, behind closed doors, behind locked doors, as one NGO uh, one charity puts it. The problems are becoming severe uh, as domestic violence and abuse rise in the country. And then there's, of course, the additional pressures that is coming from joblessness and just being locked in doors, uh, with people perhaps uh, we just don't normally get on with. And perhaps the most terrifying cause if we might put it that way, the most terrifying factor in all of this uh, is that people are cut off from all sorts of help that they had previously relied on. So think, for example, those that needed to go regularly to the GP or just would usually normally just feel comfortable to go and discuss a problem uh, with someone uh, through counseling or something like that. Or perhaps people who relied on spiritual support through fellowship uh, in churches. Or perhaps they they were into some club or something. Most of these support networks have, of course, completely disappeared in their original form. And that is, of course, exacerbating the problem because people can't get access to the help uh, as they used to get in the past. Now, this issue of mental suffering... Uh, Emotional suffering is important to all of us because all of us in some way suffer from one emotional problem and the other. We are all, if you like, on the spectrum of emotional suffering. Emotional suffering is not either you have it or you don't. All of us have emotions, therefore all of us are susceptible to suffering emotionally. So the question of why do we suffer, well the Bible's answer to why we suffer is very simple. We suffer because God created all of us with a healthy mind and health emotions. But we rebelled against God. When we sinned against God in the Garden of Eden, uh, we decided to go our own way. We allowed sin to enter the world, and since sin entered the world, suffering has followed us behind, it has followed closely behind in our lives. All of us, young and old, black and white, male and female, all of us, regardless of geography, all of us now live in a world where we suffer spiritually, we suffer physically, and we suffer emotionally. All of us experience different kinds of emotional pain. Uh, all of us are longing, so to speak, for emotional health, we might say. All of us carry about us emotional wounds. Some of them we pick them up every day. Some of them we picked we pick them up a long time ago. All of us uh, carry emotional wounds that need healing. And all of us, therefore, want daily protection from the blows that cause them. Well, this morning, I want to speak to you Uh, about what the Bible teaches us on how we should respond to emotional suffering in our lives. How should we respond to mental suffering or emotional suffering? Well, the Bible's answer to this difficult question is just one word. And the word is Jesus. The Bible says the answer to our suffering does not come from human ingenuity, It has not come from us, no, the the answer to human suffering, including emotional suffering, comes from God himself. What you and I need in our times of emotional pain is the God who created us. And the good news of the Bible is that God has come to be with us in the person of Jesus Christ. If you like the Bible's answer to how should we deal with emotional suffering in our lives is by God just offering himself as the answer to us. And today I want to speak to you about how God has offered himself to us in Jesus. How God comes in Jesus to meet us in our emotional suffering. And I want to do this uh, by looking at Mark chapter 14, verse 32 to verse 36. As you know, we are currently in the Gospel of Mark, and we have now just come to this passage in where Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane. I just want to remind you, because it's been a while since we were in Mark, we took a break over Easter, I uh, just to remind you that we are in the final week of Jesus' life on earth, before it, well, Jesus' life before he's put to death, And rises from the grave. Uh, So we're in Passion Week. Uh, It is a Thursday. I know that sounds quite weird, doesn't it? Given we've just done Easter. But we are in Passion Week in Mark. It is a Thursday. And the clock is ticking on the life of Jesus. You may remember from the last sermon in Mark a while now. That Jesus has just left the Mount of Olives. And he has just been on the Mount of Olives. And now he's leaving the Mount of Olives with 11 disciples. Why 11? Well, Judas, at this point, has already left. Judas left the band of 12 in the upper room. And he's gone off to plot the capture of Jesus with the Sanhedrin. So Jesus is just now with the 11 disciples. And as the hour of his death approaches... Uh, he goes into the Garden of Gethsemane uh, and Gethsemane itself is on the slope of the Mount of Olives. So he goes there and John tells us that Jesus regularly uh, went to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray. So that's why he's going. And in Mark chapter 14 verse 32 to verse 42, we have, that, uh, that, that we, have, we, have we have the account of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. We are going to spend three to four weeks looking at this passage. and Today, I just want to focus on verse 32 to verse 36, and particularly trying to address, we'll try and address this question. Why did Jesus suffer emotionally in Gethsemane? Why did Jesus go through the emotional suffering in Gethsemane. And related to that, what does this mental suffering there in Gethsemane mean for us? How does it speak to us? Well, there are two answers in this passage I want us to look at. The passage itself, of course, has many answers to this question. There are more than two answers. But as I thought about this passage, I thought there are two, I could summarize the answer to that question of why Jesus is suffering emotionally in Gethsemane in this passage with two answers. The first answer I want us to look at is this, is that Jesus is God emotionally suffering with us. Jesus is God emotionally suffering with us. Now, two weeks ago, Boris Johnson went into hospital uh, suffering with COVID 19. And it was amazing to see some people, many people, who only five months ago, you might remember, called him all sorts of insults for Brexit. Uh, many called him all sorts of insults and said that Boris doesn't care about the NHS. It was amazing to see some of these same people and a few newspapers now fondly speaking about the Prime Minister and looking very, very caring uh, for his situation there as he was there uh, at St. Thomas's in the hospital. What changed? Well, what changed is that Boris appeared more human to them. You see, nothing screams to us that we are the same than seeing a person, another person, suffering. When we see somebody suffering, we immediately recognize, yeah, they are human just like we are. And suffering, you see, connects us to other people. It connects them to us when they are going through suffering. Well, in this passage, Mark wants us to connect with God by showing us God the Son, Jesus Emotionally suffering with us in Gethsemane, Mark chapter fourteen verse thirty-two said this. Let's says this. Let's read. And they, that is Jesus, uh, with the eleven disciples, and they went to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, "Sit here while I pray." Jesus has arrived in the garden of Gethsemane. And uh, he's with his disciples. He has come to pray. But he does not take all of them in, in the garden of Gethsemane. He decides to enter this garden just with three disciples. Let's read on, verse 33. And he took with him Peter and James and John. Let's just pause there. Because he has taken these three with him. And then Mark, without preparing us for what is coming, decides to drop a bombshell. Let's read on verse 33. And he took with him Peter and James and John and began to be greatly distressed and troubled. You know, we are too familiar with our Bibles. So we need to take a step back and think of what we have seen so far of Jesus in Mark. We have seen Jesus, our Lord, has been as cool as a cucumber. This is the same Jesus who slept in the boat when the winds and the waves were raging against it. By here, I see my Lord, I see the Lord Jesus greatly distressed and troubled. You know, one translation says that Jesus is appalled and overcome with sorrow. Now imagine with me, you step into your house and right in front of you is your loved one in a pool of blood. What are you feeling right now? I imagine you're feeling nausea, horror, panic. You are feeling like a dark cloud has just descended on you, and you are feeling that this dark cloud is choking you of every breath. And that is how our Lord Jesus is feeling right now in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he began to be greatly distressed and troubled. The the painful emotional pressure inside our Lord Jesus is so distressing that our Lord is, humanly speaking, forced to open the lid to his followers. We read that in verse 34. and, And he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch. You know, when Jesus says, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death, He is saying, My emotional despair is like a flood. I am drowning under its waves. Our Lord Jesus is saying, oh, is not well with me. It is not my head, it's not my toe, it's not my back in pain, it is my heart. My heart is being ripped apart. You might even say, he's saying, I'm on the verge of a breakdown. I am in danger of dying of a broken heart in Gethsemane. Darkness is choking me. I feel like I'm wearing death itself. Wherever I turn, I see only gloom and darkness. My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. The violence of Jesus' mental agony is so crushing that Jesus collapses to the ground in prayer. He is crying out to God for the suffering to end. Let's read on verse 35. And going a little further, he fell on the ground. And prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. You know, there is nothing in the Bible, in all of the Bible, that compares to Jesus' emotional trauma in Gethsemane. Not even the emotions of Abraham, not even the emotions of David, not even the emotions of Job compared to him. Dr. Luke, in his gospel account, tells us that Jesus' emotional suffering is generating sweat on him that is falling to the ground like drops of blood. We read about that in Luke 22, verse 44. We need to pause here, don't we? We need to recognize that this person who is on his knees in Gethsemane is fully God. This is God weeping a us. This is God dropping sweats of blood. This is the same Jesus who walks on water, who drives out demons, who heals the sick, who raises the dead. Who this is the same Jesus who the Father said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. This is the same Jesus who defeated Satan in the wilderness. This is the same Jesus who was there on the mountain of transfiguration in Mark and who was transfigured before the same three disciples he's with in Gethsemane. This is the Lord of glory. And now, we see Jesus, here in Gethsemane, weeping. Why is our Lord like this? Why is the Lord of glory now weeping? Well, because this is who Jesus is. Jesus is God, dressed in the rags of human flesh. Jesus is God living with us. Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus is living his life on earth as one of us. Though Jesus is fully God, he is also fully man. And he is living his life on earth, not dependent on his divine nature, but dependent only on the Spirit of God to help him go through life. As he depends, as he lives fully as a man. Jesus has taken on on our humanity total. Even as he remains fully God. And Jesus living as a man means him taking on our human suffering. All of it. Spiritual. As we see on the cross. physical, as we we'll see on the cross. And here in Gethsemane and on the cross, emotional suffering. He is living as a perfect human being in a world infested with emotional suffering. That's why our Lord is suffering in Gethsemane. Oh beloved, look at Jesus in Gethsemane there. Do you see his attack and distress? It is the same pain that beats in your heart when your loved one is unwell. Do you see that deep sadness written on his face while he's in Gethsemane? It is the same darkness, same sadness. You, 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 you have felt in your life when you have lost a job. You have failed an exam. Or you have lost an important relationship. The same sadness that is coercing through the heart of Jesus is the same sadness that coerces, passes through you. Do you see those tears in his eyes as, he, as he's kneeling there before his father in Gethsemane? As he's, as he's collapsed there before his father? Well, these are the same tears you cry on your knees in the Gethsemane of your bathroom. When an issue in your life has forced you to come to God and cry out, Oh Lord, please, I can't handle life anymore. I can't take it anymore. Please help me. Those cries, those tears, They are the same tears we see in Jesus in Gethsemane. Beloved, name your emotions. Name your painful emotions. It is here with Jesus in this garden. And our Lord Jesus is saying to you today, You are not alone. I feel your pain. I have come to write myself into the story of your mental suffering. I have come to wear your flesh and blood and and feel what you feel. I have come to hold your heavy heart in my heart. I have come to carry your wounds in my flesh, to be wounded for you in Gethsemane. I have come to share your darkness and gloom to share in your emptiness in Gethsemane. Jesus is showing us here that he is God suffering with us. He is God suffering with you. With me. And there is more for us here To think about because Jesus suffering with us here does not just mean we are no longer alone what a blessing to know that as true believers in Christ because Christ has carried on himself our emotional suffering we are no longer alone that is an infinite blessing enough but there is more here because you see the suffering of Jesus in the flesh, this emotional suffering of Jesus in the flesh is saying to us: it is normal for us to suffer emotionally. Christian counselors are helpfully reminders. They remind us that followers of Jesus tend to be more disturbed by emotional suffering than non-believers. As followers of Jesus, we tend to be more disturbed by our emotional suffering than non believers. Sounds quite strange, doesn't it? Why is that? Well, the reason is that you see, many of us who are true followers of Jesus see emotional suffering as a sign of spiritual failure. Feeling alarmed is regarded as proof you don't trust God. Grief is treated as a failure to rest in God's good purposes for your life. Depression is taken as proof that you have not discovered the joy of the Holy Ghost, of the Holy Spirit. So on top of suffering, many of us are burdened by feelings of spiritual failure, guilt, And frankly, shame for going through emotional suffering. And as a result, we try and repent of suffering emotionally. And of course, we work very hard to hide from other believers that we are suffering. Why why are we hiding from others? We We are hiding from others because we feel failure, guilt, and shame. Why do we feel those things? Well, because we have swallowed the lies of Satan. We have swallowed the lies of Satan that our emotional suffering is a sin in of itself. Now, there's no doubt that we could commit a sin that could generate physical suffering. Just as we can commit a sin, therefore, that can also generate emotional suffering. But the suffering in of itself is not a sin. It's a consequence of living in a fallen world. Of us being ourselves fallen creatures. But you see, Satan lies to us. He makes us feel guilty for suffering. As if we would desire suffering. Satan says to us, you should always be happy. And always rejoicing. He forgets there is a season for everything. And thank God our Lord Jesus corrects us here. He corrects us here, doesn't he? Because there's no one more perfect, more filled with the Holy Ghost, more filled with the Holy Spirit than this man Christ Jesus on his knees in Gethsemane. Oh, God in Jesus knows mental suffering. We see here that God has dressed himself in the garment of deep distress. We see that our Lord Jesus, he is a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, not just physical grief, but emotional grief. Beloved, if you remember anything today, Remember this truth. Jesus in Gethsemane is showing us that emotional suffering is normal in the fallen world. This is how life is. So instead of carrying false guilt, beloved, bring your emotional suffering to Jesus. Hand it over to him. Because this is why our Lord has come. Our Lord has come to be with us. Jesus, we are seeing here, is God suffering emotionally with us. He has come to wear our wounds. So let us bring them to Him. This is the first answer to our emotional suffering. How do we respond? to our emotional suffering? Well, the first answer we get here it teaches us is that we must recognize that Jesus is God suffering with us. The second answer is that we must recognize that Jesus is God emotionally suffering for us. The first truth is Jesus is God emotionally suffering with us. The second truth is Jesus is God emotionally suffering for us. You know, there is nothing that Jesus did on earth that he did for himself. Jesus was born, lived, ministered, died and rose from death for, not for himself, but for your benefit. For my benefit. For Our benefit. And this includes his suffering, his emotional suffering in Gethsemane. Jesus is in Gethsemane. Why? Because it is a service station on his journey to the cross where he would die on the cross there on Golgotha for our sin. Let's read on verse 35. Verse 35 to 36, we read, and going a little further, He fell on the ground and prayed that, if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. In the Bible, the cup is a picture of God's judgment. We read that, especially in Psalm 75. Psalm 75, it says, it says this, For in the hand of the Lord there is a cup forming with forming wine, well mixed, and he pours out from it. And all the wicked of the earth shall drain it down to the dregs. Jesus, in Mark, as he prays for this cup to be removed. We'll explore that further in the future, next week. As he prays for, about this cup, Jesus is saying he has come to drink the cup of God's wrath for sinners. Jesus, and this is the key for us to understand why Jesus is under such emotional distress. Jesus is under emotional strain, not because he fears death. What terrifies Jesus in his humanity, what has him horrified and appalled, is this truth of taking on the wrath of God on the cross. On the cross, Jesus is going to drink the wrath God designed for sinners, Jesus will become an enemy of God in our place. And as Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane, he's already feeling this cup of wrath. Because you see, Jesus, for the first time in his life, is already feeling forsaken by God. When our Lord Jesus looks at God, all he can now see is the wrath of God headed his way. He is starting to sense the infinite spiritual disintegration that is going to reach full climax when he is separated from his father on the cross. And all our Lord Jesus can see now is the abyss of sin. God, the source of all joy while he was on earth, his sustainer, his light, his love, is about to forsake him. You see, beloved, Gethsemane is is the prelude to the cross. It's a trailer to the cross. God is still with Jesus. The wrath of God has not been poured out, but our Lord Jesus is even now beginning to smell the flames of God's wrath for sinners. And here is a key point for us to try and remember. And it is this. If our Lord Jesus avoids the suffering of Gethsemane, if he can, he can avoid all of this emotional suffering, all the sweat of blood it brings, if he decides to do that, we cannot be saved. We cannot be Christians. We cannot have eternal life with God. We need Jesus to go through with this. This is why the Puritan Thomas Brooks breaks out in worship when he thinks of Gethsemane. Oh, the Puritan says, oh, what a sight it is in Gethsemane. Jesus' head and body are all covered in bloody sweat. His sweat trickles down and decorates his garments. The blood does not stay on the garments," says Brooks. It falls to the ground. Oh happy garden of Gethsemane that is flooded with such precious tears of blood. Oh, how much better are these rivers of these tears than all the waters of Israel, than all the rivers which watered the garden of Eden. Thomas Brooks is saying the sweat. blood that Jesus is pouring in Gethsemane is as necessary to our salvation as the nails that pierced his hand and feet. You see Gethsemane teaches us that salvation is God and Jesus suffering the wrath of God for us. The suffering of Jesus was spiritual Physical, and we see in Gethsemane, emotion. So, how should we then, as followers of Jesus, respond to this? How do we respond to this truth that Jesus is God emotionally suffering with us and for us? Well, there are two things we must do. There are two ways, there are two things. There are two ways we must respond. Especially in our suffering. First, we must be thankful for the love of Jesus. Beloved, be thankful for the love of Jesus for you. Gethsemane shows you and me how serious our sins are before God. Our sins are not a small thing. They are an infinite thing. An infinite vow thing before the eyes of God. A thing that demands his full wrath and punishment. And this wrath of God that you and I deserve is so severe that our Lord Jesus in his humanity was appalled and glorified at the thought of bearing it on Golgotha. And yet, out of love for you and I, did not abandon you to your fate, nor he willingly chose to suffer for us, from Gethsemane to Golgotha. Beloved, be thankful that Jesus willingly took on himself the forsaking of his eternal Father so that you and I can enter into his eternal kingdom and live with the triune God forever. Be thankful that Jesus suffered in Gethsemane so that you can go to that, so that so that so that Jesus could go to that cross and that through his suffering on the cross can give you and I a perfect mental health state in eternity forever. Jesus, you see, was crushed with grief so that you don't have to face the mental agony in hell. So that you can live perfectly with the perfect mental health in the new heaven and the new earth. Be thankful for that. Yes, in this life, many of us will just continue suffering, perhaps. Perhaps. In this life, there may not be an end to your mental suffering. There will certainly not be an end for all emotion, for, for, for emotional suffering, period. But in Jesus, because Jesus has suffered on the cross, he has purchased a perfect mental future. In eternity for you. Be thankful for that. That's what you need in your current situation. Whatever emotional suffering you're going through. You have every reason to be thankful for what Jesus is doing for you in Gethsemane. Because in Christ you see beloved. Your glass is never half empty. It is always full. Regardless of what emotional or physical suffering you are going through. You have every reason to be thankful. The second thing we learn here is that we need to learn from Jesus to take all our emotional suffering to God. How should you and I respond in our emotional suffering? Well, the answer we see from Jesus in his emotional suffering is to take the emotional suffering and hand it over to God. To follow the command of Psalm 62, verse 8. I encourage you to spend time reading Psalm 62. But verse 8, just to quote from there, says this, Trust in him that is God at all times. Oh, people, pour out your heart before him. Why? Because God is a refuge for us. Trust in him at all times. Oh, people, how do we show we trust him? Well, let us pour out our heart to him. All of it. All of our emotional suffering. Let's just bring them before God. Why should we do that? Because God is a refuge for us. This is not what Peter says. Cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. You see, Jesus as a man, as he's in Gethsemane, has a lot of options before him on how he can deal with the painful horror of Gethsemane. As a man, he's got many options. He could pretend there's no problem. And many of us do that we go through emotional suffering and we just pretend it's not happening it never lasts but we can try and there's some people that would encourage us just to pretend that pain is not real so jesus could have done that or jesus could have asked for more wine in the upper room he could have just said look let's just drink a little bit more i'll just drown my sorrows get is down the roads mm, i can't go there sober I need to go to Gethsemane intoxicated a bit. He could have come to Gethsemane high, we might say. Or Jesus could have decided uh, to just, as he comes to Gethsemane, to enter a deep meditation. Practice some mindfulness to calm his spirit, perhaps. Or he could have called up, dialed in, zoomed in a life guru to help him. A therapist, perhaps. Jesus could have done any of that. But Jesus does not do any of that in his humanity. Instead, he allows his painful feelings, his emotional suffering, to escort him deeper into the presence of his Father, even as he knows that he is suffering under God's watch. Let's not forget that God the Father can stop the pain that Jesus is going through. And so we can understand if Jesus is a bit hesitant to approach his Father. But we see that instead of being hesitant, Jesus allows the pain to escort him deeper into the presence of his Father. Jesus prays. Let's read this 35 again. And going a little further, he fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. You know, the normal way to pray in the Bible is standing. Jesus here collapses before God because he's pouring out his anguish. He's emptying himself out in prayer before God. We'll explore the praying of Jesus here a bit more next week. But we see that what Jesus is doing is what you and I must do. In all times of emotional suffering, which is every time, Jesus is inviting you to enter His garden and is inviting you to join Him with tears before God. I wonder how you're feeling this morning. Are you feeling forsaken? Are you feeling locked down? Are you feeling alone, trapped? Is your heart cold? Do you feel weak? Do you feel abandoned by God, perhaps? Are you filled with dread or fear? Are you anxious about anything? Are you feeling a deep sense of helplessness? Are you struggling to rise above your feelings? Well, then come join Jesus in the garden of tears. Bring your sorrows to Him. Offer him your pain. Come and worship him with your wounds. As Michael Card reminds in one of his songs. Come, bow before him with all of your pain. Psalm 68 verse 19 says, Praise be to God our Savior, who daily bears our burden. Beloved, in Gethsemane, Jesus, our Lord, our Savior, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, is here to carry your emotional burdens. He's saying to you and I, you do not need to bear them on your own. Bring them to me. Join me in the garden. Empty them to me. Jesus is encouraging you to surrender and keep on surrendering them. To Him in prayer. I'm not saying praying will end your emotional pain. But I know that the Bible's answer to your emotional pain is to keep bringing it to Jesus. To trust Jesus to carry them for you. And to pray to God to help you to know how you can keep bringing these emotional sufferings to Him to learn not only to hold on to them, but to always hand them over to the Lord Jesus Christ. That is how we respond to emotional suffering in our lives. We hand them over to Jesus our God. Why? Because Jesus is God, suffering with us and suffering for us. Amen. Heavenly Father, I do thank you that you are God. I do thank you that you know all things. I do thank you for Gethsemane. I thank you that your son went into that garden. I do pray, Lord, that you would use the word that has been preached today to encourage followers of Jesus that are struggling emotionally. And that's all of us. To help us to look to Jesus Our God, who has suffered with us and for us. And I do pray for any that have truly surrendered their life to Jesus. I pray that you would show them the beauty of Christ. That in Jesus we have a complete Savior. Not a God who is distant from us. But a God who has entered this world and suffered with us and for us.